stretching from the Pacific Northwest to the East Coast and landing in the Midwest, Joshua, Tracy, and Kelly present to you Rooted Perspectives, an audio and video podcast. Join us while we share our perspectives on a wide variety of topics that are both culturally and socially relevant, ranging from current events, travel, technology, lifestyle, pop culture, finance, careers, and so much more. Three diverse perspectives rooted across the country. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Today, we're going to be doing Overcoming Life's Challenges. So each of us are just going to talk about one or maybe two instances in our life that we had troubles getting through. It was very impactful on our life. I think it's very important to talk about this because I think it's very relatable for a lot of people because a it puts things in a different perspective for the viewers and it also lets everybody know kind of something we went through that something some somebody else might be going through so josh what do you uh look forward to in this episode i look forward to like i said in the very uh <clears throat> the very first episode that we did um i think speaking from experience or personal experience rather than that is one of the best ways to get to like enlighten people and getting to share about one of like my biggest overcoming challenging things. I feel like I'm kind of motivated about that for people to get to hear that and maybe take something away, maybe not, but at least if someone can hear and listen, and if at least one person can take something away from it, then, Hey, I guess I did a good job. So there. I think it's important for our viewers to maybe hear like a more vulnerable side to us. I think anytime you're overcoming a challenge, there is like a level of vulnerability involved with it. And um, so I'm excited just to hear everyone's challenges and more importantly, how you got through that and what you did to get through it. Yeah. Josh, you want to kick this off? What was, what was the one thing that you went through that you learn things about yourself and others and what would you have done differently about it? I would say not so much learning about others, but learning about myself. And I don't know if it was a certain age or point in my life where I just maybe kind of grew up, but one day I woke up and things just kind of felt different. And I don't know. It's looking at who I used to be and where I am today. I've come to realize a lot of things about myself and a lot about it came from understanding myself. Like, like me knowing a simple choice. I'm like, I could do this and this is the outcome, the easy way, or this is the outcome and this is the hard way my innate response is to always do something the hard way. And I don't know why, but it is. And I would say learning to understand myself, especially in the last four years, why I've done some of the things that I've done, a lot of great things, but a lot of choices that like I've made, it made me take a hard look at my level, take a hard look at myself and understand why I would make those choices And it's like, when I looked at it, it showed me and taught me, I was like, okay, wow, there's some like things that I could definitely change about my life. 
And I know it's not like those things affecting other people, but in terms of growth and everything, I feel understanding myself and being able to recognize and correct those not good things and doing it. Like that's one of the biggest things is actually getting to know myself and being like, well, I'm doing this because of ABCD and it's maybe not necessarily the best way to go or like about dealing with that. So knowing myself and changing that, like at the end of the day, no one ever wants to look at themselves and be the bad guy. And I feel like that's one of the things that I've learned is being able to look at myself and being like, okay, some of the choices that I made may not have been the best, but it doesn't make me a bad person. And like, just in general, it makes me realize and it makes me grow from there. So I guess like that's my overcoming life struggle is being able to look at my own self and who I was and where I am today and the choices that I made. And I love myself. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean I'm a bad person by any means. You know, you learn something from everything. So that's my thing. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I somebody once told me it was actually this lady that helped me at the VA. She told me that nobody is the worst thing they've ever done. And she knew some things about me and she was like, I, I don't see you in that light, you know? And so that really, that's how I've always lived my life. And I never really noticed it. Like I've never judged people for the bad things they've done because I focused on who they are now instead of who they were, because that's an extremely judged thing to do. You know, what was, what were some things during that time that you fixed about yourself that you didn't like? I so I would say, first of all, the biggest thing is my health. Um, I'm a very firm believer that one's body should be treated as a temple. And I take my health very serious. I exercise on the daily quite a bit, things like that. I'm very health conscious about what I put into my body, things like that. So I would say my mental, my physical and my spiritual health were all like, the main number one thing that I knew that I had to focus on if I wanted to change and I wanted to actually grow more than what I was. So what did you do different about those three subjects, those three things? So for my physical health, I started working out daily. I bike daily, maybe like five to eight miles a day. No joke. I'll go to the gym every other day. I'll lift weights, do my like lower body workout. Um, for my mental health, I have this little, well, I guess it would be my spiritual health. I have this little mantra or mantra, I guess, when I wake up, I say it every morning and every night before I go to bed and it, call it a prayer or whatever, but it's just wishing like abundance and love and prosperity, like for everybody everywhere, things like that, for us all to grow, things like that. So I covered my physical I covered my spiritual, like my mental, I don't know. My mental is realizing that I don't have to have blood family where I am because I'm gone from them for so long. I've realized that like I can have family anywhere I go, whether it's friends or like actual family, because I'm 17, yeah, like 1600 miles away from my actual family. So my only family here is my husband, my dog, and the family that I choose to make with my friends here. So I've come to realize that. And I've had to make a lot of changes to adjust to those things to become a more rounded person. 
being a business owner, do you think it's hard for you to, do you think it's hard for you to surround yourself with like-minded people? I do just because there is something about me that I don't know. My mom calls it tunnel vision for Joshua. I don't know why, but I'm a very ambitious go-getting person. I think that there's only one of me out there and I've never met me. I've never met anyone remotely close to me. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm unique. I love to work. I love to serve. I never met anybody that in their off time thinks that doing more work is considered a hobby, but to me, that's a hobby <laughs> or a business. So, I mean, happy, you know, doesn't matter. you know, we'll cover that next. <laughs> I mean, I ask that because I hear a lot, I mean, all the time that successful people always try to surround themselves with successful people, just like people that are into fitness, try to surround themselves with people that are into fitness. So they have other people pushing them. I'll tell you this, there's good people and then there's great people and there's far few many great people than there are good people. It's hard to find. And this, it's not like, And listeners, I don't mean this in a sad or mean way, but it is hard to find somebody these days that is well competent, educated, and well-rounded that knows what they're talking about. You don't get your news from Facebook or Fox News. You do your research before you speak. You're not glued to your TikTok. It takes a lot to be a well-educated, well-rounded individual. And... I don't know, like, prove me wrong, I guess. it's. Anyway, who's next now? I talked a lot. Uh, you talked a little. I think it's good. You have a unique perspective, Josh, and yeah. I admire it. Well, thank you. Tracy, I why think... don't you go next? Yeah, so, go, buddy. When I got out of the military, this is kind of like a twofer. Um, I obviously struggled with getting along with people and my anger and you know because like in the military it gives you a purpose and so when that purpose is gone it's you're pretty much just lost in life and a lot of combat veterans deal with it and so when i got out i struggled hard with uh depression suicide was a big thing i struggled with for like almost five years i struggled with suicide and like two months after I got out of the army, my brother was murdered and like there would be times where I was at work. I drove a dump truck at the time and I pretty much just worked until like noon, lunch, took out her break and then I was back in my truck all day by myself. And there were some times where I would just scream so hard that I would almost pass out. Like my eyes would go bloodshot. My whole face would go like just beat red. And I was seeing America at the time and like it got so normal that I would just go over to her house because she was in college and she would just like rub my neck because like I would just look like a freaking train wreck. And I struggled with it for like, like I said, almost five years. And um, when I was able to, I put all of my VA compensation in the stock market, 100% of it. And I made almost half a million. <laughs> And then because I was in this chat with this guy and, um, 
some things happened anyway, and some, like, a certain stock ran a lot, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, I wonder if there's any way to make more money, because I was just doing day trading, like, buying and selling at certain levels and making, like, 50, 100 bucks a day, and long story short, I found these, this group of people that um, I made almost half a million with, and then the market turned, and I lost almost 100% of it, actually, and... To me, it was tough because since the military, I hadn't really found my purpose. Like, I just took whatever job came my way. And so when stocks became successful, I was like, okay, I guess this is what I can do. Like, it made me happy. I put, I mean, I put hours and hours into this. Like, I would be at my computer, like, it's an hour before market open and four hours after market closed. Sometimes I wouldn't eat lunch. I would not come out of my office. I would be in my office for like 10 hours, 12 hours. And then slowly it just started getting worse and worse and worse. And I will say one thing I learned about others is like, there were times where I, when I was riding high and had a lot of money that there were some people in my life that I didn't feel like I could celebrate that accomplishment with. And so I just stopped talking to them because I felt like they would have asked for a handout. Um, and now I, I'm not going to say what my account's at now, but, um, yeah, that was tough. And there were times where my anger was so bad that I would just tear my office apart. Like I would, like, I would break things in my office. I would like rage in my office. Cause it was like some days I'd make 2000. I mean, there were, there was one time where I lost 30,000 in two days and I didn't really have that money to lose. So, but I wanted to try so hard to become more financially stable, you know, uh, especially now with this housing market. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it was so bad. I checked myself into the VA. I'm finally slowly starting to get help from the VA for my anger. Um, but it's still really, really difficult. Like I, the last couple of weeks I got back into stocks and that anger was still like right there on the bad days. And yeah. Um, so to anybody out there that's going through like tough mental times, especially combat veterans, man, like get some help because I didn't really have a huge support system. You know, I had my wife and I had my parents and, you know, like my grandma and my aunt and my cousin, like I had a few people, but I'm sure there are some people that don't have anybody, you know, or they have very, even fewer people than what I had, you know? So yeah, I'm just glad that I'm linked in with the VA now. I will say the VA here is way better than the one in Idaho, but yeah. And like I said, I still struggle with it. It's a day-to-day -day thing. Uh, when I took that time off of stocks, I was a lot happier, even though I wasn't making money, but I wasn't losing money, so, yeah. So you mentioned after you got out, like, you didn't have a focus and a passion or, you know, a purpose, I think is what you said. Do you feel like you have that now? This podcast has helped, you know, because when you're retired from the military, like you do have a lot of time and like a lot of people would be like, Oh man, that's such a great life, but it's really not that great. Like my body's a freaking disaster. My mind is destroyed pretty badly. And 
it takes a long time to get over those things. And I think the mental aspect is the harder part because before the military, you know, I could work these jobs and not get mad and not want to like throw my boss through a window. And that's not the case anymore, you know, and had I not done the things I've done, I wouldn't have these issues. And that's not me complaining, but it's just the reality of it, especially combat veterans. So yeah. What was your question? Sorry. (laughs) Apparently this podcast is your sole purpose. Oh, purpose. Um, (laughs) This podcast helps because I put a lot of time into it, you know, and I enjoy it. It's nice to have something other than stocks that I enjoy because like I said, I was, I mean, I would go hard on stocks. Like I would spend the entire day in my office until dinner time. Like it was no joke to me. And so, I mean, really like when I took that break, I was just trying to focus more on honestly, just anything but stocks, like walking the dogs, playing video games with my friends, you know, working out more. Uh, I got, like I said, I got hooked up with the VA finally here. Um, but yeah, the, this podcast is, it's, I don't want to say it's eating up my time because that's not the right word. Like I enjoy every minute I put into this. And even if we only get like two views a month, like I don't care, like I'm enjoying it. And that's such an important thing in life that people need to understand is like, if you're, if you enjoy something and you can afford to do it, then I would do it. So my question for you is, Are you happy with how things have gone in your life so far? Or if you could go back and change things, would you go back and change them? Knowing the future that you would have right now. That's tough because they always say money can't buy happiness. And I'm pretty sure rich people always say that or poor people, but whatever. Um, Money is really just a thing, you know, it will, you can always make more. Um, had I, if I could go back, the things that I would change is I would follow the chart. Like there were, like, I'm pretty decent at reading charts and there were instances where I was up, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on one position and I saw the chart turning and I just stayed in that stock. And I still, to this day, have no idea why. And both of those stocks that I stayed in died, like died, like went minus 90 to 95% died. And so I have no clue what I was doing, not selling. Cause that was, it went against everything I did. And the reason why I didn't, and I'm sure some people resonate with this that do stocks is I married the stock. Meaning I believed in the, I believed in the company. I believed something was going to happen with a company and I listened to other people being positive about the company. And if you do that, you will lose so much. Like I turned that, I was up, I think, I was up about $55,000 on the two positions and I ended up losing money. That's how bad it was because I didn't sell. And I even, even when I saw the chart coming down, even on its way down, I didn't sell because I married the stock. And I was like, yeah, this has so much potential. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, Potential almost doesn't even matter, especially when you're trading penny stocks, especially now, like penny stocks are dead. Like they're pretty much irrelevant because retail traders just tank everything. Like it'll run for like a day or two and it'll pretty much just tank. 
Uh, so, yeah, it was, to put it lightly, just really stupid on my part. And so I you're told, happy with? I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not happy with how I acted. I'm not happy with the decisions I made because in the back of my mind, even I knew they were wrong. And you hear it all the time in the stock world to like, when you know something's coming down sell. like it is that simple. Like trading does not have to be complicated. And I mean, I know people in my discord that were up over a million dollars and didn't sell and rode the stock down to almost nothing. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like that's life changing. Like when I had that almost $500,000, I only took out like 17,000 to pay off my vehicles. And the only reason I did that was because Ohio is like, it is honestly, and this isn't even a joke. It is easier to get drugs in Ohio than it is to register your vehicle. So if you, if you don't own your vehicle, like if you don't own your vehicle here, you have to get jump through so many hoops to register it that I was just like, fine. I just pulled money out of my trading account, paid them off and registered my vehicle. And that was the only time I really paid myself because stock market is a job. And I, I never paid myself. I just kept trading. Like I was like, cool, I got 320 grand. I'm going to trade with it. Well, I ended up losing all of it. You know what I mean? Like really bad choices. Um, if I could do it again, I would do so many things different. You know, I wish I could go back a couple years ago and not even a couple years ago, a year and a half ago and just not be so stupid because I would be in a much better place financially and mentally. So now that you've been back in it a couple of weeks, do you feel like you are doing things different than how you did before? Uh, yeah. Um, the one thing that I still struggle with sometimes is when you're doing, I do options trading. And so when you're doing options trading and this is going to sound like common sense, your wins need to be bigger than your losses. And there was one time in like 10 days, I took 14, like 16 or 17 trades and I lost on like two of them. And I was up over a thousand dollars or something. And then I lost 2,500 on one trade in one day, you know, in like 20 minutes, not even no that. Bueno. Yeah. And so it wiped out everything. And then to make it even worse, I sold a penny stock that I was in, right? Because I wanted to have more cash because I just lost 2,500 cash and I don't, I didn't have a lot of cash. So I sold this penny stock which gave me like another 2000 cash or yeah, it gave me 2,100 cash. And the very next day, and this is something that happens to me all the time in penny stocks. The very next day, the stock runs like 33%. And that would have been like another $900 for me. And I can't tell you how many times I have sold a stock and it would run that day or the next day or the same week. And that happens like, about three out of four times I sell a stock. I wasn't even surprised when it, when it happened. So yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like I do pretty good cutting my losses, but that one time I didn't, man, it ate me. It ate my account up bad. My account actually had an all time low today. So I'm sorry, man. That's it's nice. all right. It's just money. It just, it's not so much, it's more so like my actions, like, and how I'm handling things. 
when I'm trading that make me mad. You know what I mean? It's kind of like what I said for me, man. Got to understand yourself, right? Sometimes you do things and you're like, why am I doing this? But you still do it. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. You know, um, I still feel like I've done really well. It's just, yeah, in options trading, your losses can't be bigger than your wins or there's no point in doing it. But overall, uh, I had a lot more wins than I did losses, which is a lot better. Um, awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Happy we'll for you, man. We'll see how the next couple of months go. So. Keep it up. Keep your head high. Make stressful. I don't like it. It's It can be stressful. It's not as hard yeah. as people think. Like As long as you do technical analysis and charting, it takes a lot of the guesswork out. You know what I mean? Like, there's been so many trades in the last couple of weeks that I, that I got in. I'm just like, yeah, why wouldn't I get in here? And I made money on it. But Kelly's oh. like 36 hours a week. <laughs> no, you know what I was thinking the whole time I was listening to that was what? Like I have a commission only job, so I'm kind of like gambling all the time too. But a lot of the stuff is out of my control where it's like, Full on Tracy. If he loses money, it's like his fault. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. clicking buttons over here. Yeah. I don't think I could be emotional, have the emotional strength to get through it some is of that. Tough. And I hate to say this, but I feel like I might as well. Um, when we sold our other house, we made $29,000 cash. I lost that in two days on the market. I was going to clap and I then you said, lost it. <laughs> I just did this and I was like, no, nothing to clap about. I am in a Discord now that has some really good options alert, and I'm not going to say what Discord it is, but they, we have a guy in there that's absolutely killing it. So we'll see how the next couple months go. Josh, could you go to a casino and put in 29 grand and then walk out of it a normal person losing it? I would have to be like put in a padded room. Were not you there? Were you there when I, I think I spent $40 at the Mystic River Casino and walked out with like a thousand or something? Oh, I just thought about that the other day. We need I, to go I, back. I talked about that today too because we're going to the <laughs> casino tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I think I could if I lost it because like I was like, oh, I think I could do this. And I tried to do something smart and it was dumb. Maybe not, but if I played true to the heart, thinking like, okay, I think this is really best, maybe not. You know, money's money, just like Tracy said. Yeah, I will say this: like when all of this went down, like one thing I learned about other people is that, I mean, I, my wife, she's amazing because she doesn't care about money at all. Like she didn't, she was upset that I lost the money about the other house, but she was more. I mean, she was actually mad about that, which is rare for her to get mad at me for things, especially losing money. But that was like money that we could have saved up and I blew it. And when I was losing all that money, she told me one day, she I believe it was when we were in the kitchen. She said, I just want you to get better here. And she touched my heart. And she, then she said, right here in my mind, she's like, that's what I care about. And you're like, you need to take care of your soul. She's like, because you're not. And she was right. Cause I was going way too hard, not eating enough because I have the ability to just obsess over something so hard that I just won't even eat. I won't sleep like, um, you know, which is something that helped me obviously get my ranger tab, you know, but coming back to stocks. Yeah. It, um, 
was definitely the lowest point of my life as far as anger. Like I hadn't, I've never even been close to that low. It was, it was a miserable time, but yeah. Well, man, you seem to be doing great now. Happy, healthy, got a great family and everything else doing you. We've got a podcast. What about Kelly though? What do you think is, uh, what do you think would be your greatest struggle or obstacle that you've overcome in your life so far? Well, Tracy just used the term like lowest point in my life. And that's like a trigger word for this whole situation. I was in a couple years ago. Um, I had a job that I loved. I was doing mortgages and um, it was definitely challenging and definitely stressful, but I was like all in. It was a lot of problem solving. So I enjoyed, it was almost kind of like a puzzle every day. Um, I'm like, what puzzle pieces can we get to fit together on this? And um, I enjoyed it. And I actually had desires to move up in the world at this company. And um, so I kind of had expressed that. Uh, Thankfully, my manager at the time, we were very transparent with each other about kind of career goals and, um, you know, workplace development. And I basically had expressed interest in moving up into, um, essentially, I was like in an assistant role, assisting a loan officer all day. And I wanted to be the loan officer. Um, So they had reached out to HR and, um, and (laughs) the news wasn't great. They came back and were like, yeah, we don't have a room for a loan officer now. Um, We, you know, are pretty much set with what, what they have. So they said no to that. And then actually like a couple weeks later, they brought me into an office and fired me. (laughs) So that was really interesting. Um, well, because I had expressed interest in moving up into a loan officer position and that position was no longer available. Um, they basically let me go to go focus on interviewing for other loan officer roles. Um, yeah, it was interesting time because, you know, growing up, you hear about, you know, high school, college, whatever, people getting fired because they're like bad at their job. So I never in a million years had thought that I would get fired because I was good at my job. Like I, there were probably four or five of us who did that specific role I was doing. And I had been there like the longest and had kind of taken on um, more of the responsibilities compared to the other four or five of them. And then I was also kind of training them and teaching them like what I do. And my loan officer just really like let me run with things. And I had the reins on like basically from start to finish, like Josh, if you needed a mortgage, I would like be helping you throughout the whole process and doing it all. So So, go ahead. Oh, so yeah, it was just, it was kind of a business decision. I think they, had assumed I was like kind of halfway out the door and um, fired me. So I I was just really caught off guard. I actually cried in the office and was like, I need a minute. And I like stepped out and went into the bathroom and like bawled. 
So you, they didn't fire you for any type of performance or attitude reason at all, right? No, no, uh, not at all. I mean, I guess you could say attitude in the sense of like me expressing interest in. Sorry that I want to move up in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I had been trans, like they had known I was not, no longer wanting to only be an assistant. And so I think they kind of put that together with like, well, the only position open is an assistant role. So you're not going to be happy in that. Um, but it all ended up working out anyways. The The reason why I say it was like my lowest point is because one, I was like very caught off guard. And I have always struggled my whole life with always being self-conscious about like what other people think. And I was embarrassed that I was going to have to then go and tell people I got fired. Oh, that's a fair response. That's just Cause so they, the first question they ask is like, just what Tracy asked. Well, were you bad? Like performance or attitude? Like what was right. wrong? People don't just get fired. That was right. just a coward move. Like I'm just, you gonna, did nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they're just cowards. That, that's yeah, dude. I don't know. So, to automatically assume you know what's going through someone's head. Like I don't know. Yeah, I looking back, I should have not. Which is so out of character for me. I'm transparent and open about everything, but I should have not been transparent and open about about you know my goals of moving into this loan why? officer role. Why, why would you think you shouldn't have been transparent though? Well, because I was, and I had, you know, told them that's what I was pursuing. And but why would you not want to do that in a company? Like, why would you? Have be you okay never with seen? Have you never seen Game of Thrones? Sometimes I've never seen Game of Thrones. No. Poker. Sometimes you got to hide your hand because sometimes when you show your hand, people are going to come for you. I'm very bad at using discretion in my life. I. I don't understand why you would, like, I don't understand why you'd be okay with just staying in a job when you know you want more. You know what I mean? Like, why, like why you would have an issue? Which is also what they were thinking by letting me go, was we know you don't want to be in this job anymore. You want to move up, so we're going to let you go do that. You just have to do it somewhere else. Yeah, but did you openly express to them, I don't want to be here anymore? Or did they just assume because they're cowards? No, I had expressed that I no longer want to be an assistant. Okay, that's different. So they fired her. Yeah. But she was seeking advancement. I don't think a business. Yeah, what a great thing. You should should be able to sue that business because (laughs) you did nothing wrong. You were seeking more to better yourself, to further your education with the company, maybe make more money. And in the end, they look at it as this like, huh, can't have this girl here. She, <laughs> she's trying to become too smart. You know, like you. that. No. <laughs> I appreciate you sticking up for me, but the reason why it was so challenging is actually the month prior I had just bought in a second home. So here I am, two mortgages, you know, I'm a single income house kind of gal. I don't have a spouse feeding me money here. So I have these two mortgages, no job. It was like the week before Thanksgiving 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go to Thanksgiving and like tell everyone I'm fired. <laughs> I got fired. And my personal life was not like going well at the time. And it was just really stressful because I also didn't know like what my next step was because you may not know this, but like a traditional loan officer role is a commission-based job. So there is also that whole aspect of, well, you know, this is what I had wanted. I had wanted a commission-based job. I had wanted to be a loan officer, but like now I have to actually go and do that and know that I don't have like a base salary to fall back on. So it was just a scary, weird, low time in my life. Plus I, this company was like, my family. Like I actually just like two weeks ago, I'm still friends with a lot of them and went to like one of their weddings and just, we were so, I had never been that personal with like a group of colleagues before ever. And so like, even just packing up my stuff, people like came over and were like crying and I'm like, they're like, what happened? Like they thought something had happened too. Like it was just really weird. And then actually like a week later, someone else quit. Cause they're like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know. So it, whatever it happened, uh, both of my mortgages are getting paid. It's fine. I got a new job and, um, actually I didn't, this is the weirdest thing is I didn't even end up going the loan officer route. I became a recruiter, which is also another 100% commission type of position. So then, you know, a month after getting fired, I start this new job that's commission based. It's totally different than what I've ever done before. I had to like sit in cold call and I felt like a telemarketer. I would get like hung up on and just all these things. Would you have done anything so, different or would you have still done what you were? Would you still have done what you did or would you have just been quiet and just stayed at a job? that you know you wanted more out of? I'm happy with the results of what happened. That's not what I asked you. But <laughs> here's the thing, Tracy, if I would have used discretion and been a little bit more quiet about my ambitions and about, you know, I had other interviews happening and that I was transparent about and all this stuff. Like basically if I had hidden part of the whole piece of me trying to be a loan officer, I think I would still be there, but I, I'm happy I'm not there anymore. Okay. That's the biggest okay. thing. Are you happy that you're not there? Like, yeah, I loved mortgages. <laughs> like I said, it was like constantly a challenge and constantly a puzzle, but I'm glad I'm not in that anymore. That's good. That's one thing yeah. I always encourage everybody to do is if they're not happy with what they do, like I've had a, a couple really close friends of mine that said that they weren't happy. And I told them, I was like, then get a different job. And they did. And they're a lot happier, but too many times I see people keep a crappy job that they don't like because they don't want to be uncomfortable. And it pisses Dang. me off because it's so normal. And like, it's such a standard thing in this country for people to just be like, well, then I'd have to do an interview and then I'd have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it's frustrating for me to, yeah. People I think that's like a very societal generational yeah. thing too, as far as like you think of your parents, you know, they 
it was rare, at least in my case, that they would get new jobs. They would stay in the same job for 25 years kind of a thing. And that is just what people did, like to make ends meet, to pay the bank. Like we didn't grow up rich. So it was more important to, for them to have a steady paycheck, even if that paycheck wasn't that much, than to like pursue a passion and pursue a dream. Well, now I feel like there's the opposite side. People don't know what their passions and dreams are. And so they're just trying everything and switching jobs every 12 months. And it's like, they're not, you know, they're not making any money. They're not paying their student loans down. They're not, you know, because they're constantly switching jobs or thinking, oh, I'm going to go off and do this crazy thing. And so I, I feel like I'm more kind of a happy medium in between the two. And that's what I think is good. So what all, besides serious note, what all have you guys been up to in life? Work, personal, you guys doing anything uh, crazy? So here's a funny story. Uh, I got a haircut today, right? Okay. Pretty cool, Pretty cool thing for me because I hate spending $24 on a haircut. But last week, it was Thursday. We recorded our podcast on Thursday. I want to go get a haircut. <laughs> and it was like four o'clock, right? And this is just funny to me. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go get a haircut. And she's like, she looks at me. She's like, right now? I was like, yeah. And she was like, it's Thursday. I was like, yeah. She's like, it's Thursday at four o'clock. Why are you getting a haircut? I was like, uh, is there some sort of like time restriction on haircuts? Like I can't go get a haircut at this time. Or is that weird? Like, she's like, I don't know. That's suspicious. I was like, what are you talking about? So long story short, I didn't get a haircut and I waited a whole week and got one today at 1230. Just to be specific. So was that time better? Apparently. I don't know. (laughs) But it was just funny. She's like, she's like, right now it's Thursday at four. I was like, okay, whatever. Anyways, um, I had a busy day. I fixed my fence. I gave Max a bath today. Went to the chiropractor, uh, vacuumed the car, went and got my haircut. It was a busy day for me. And then got stuff done for the podcast but yeah what have you guys been up to kelly work's been really kind of tumultuous lots of ups and downs like always i think that's just the industry i work in but i'm looking forward to halloween weekend oh yeah Um, yeah as you probably heard on our podcast last week we have lots of (laughs) family traditions that i'll be partaking in this will be the first year in, I was just looking the other day, like eight years where I didn't make my own costume. I'm just going to reuse. Oh my goodness. Stuff I already have. <laughs> just like Josh said, just put a, put a sheet on and be a ghost since Josh has no flavor. Oh, I'm still going to go all out. I'll just go all out with like a repetitive costume that I've already made. It'll be fine. Josh, you what have you, you been up to, Josh? Uh, just life, man. Um, working business-wise, getting things going, working on a whole bunch of things behind the scene. Um, just, you know, honestly staying busy. I'm going to be in Seattle. I leave tomorrow afternoon. I get back Sunday, like, late in the afternoon, around, like, 5, 6 p.m. here. Uh, doing, like, four events, going to a casino. Gonna take some personal time and gamble a little bit, spend some personal Josh time. Um, other than that, just work all this weekend, man. Um, taking Halloween off. 
Gonna scare some kids, eat some candy, order some pizza, watch some movies. Yeah, you know. Where are you going to work? Where are you going to the casino at? The Muckleshoot Casino Resort in Auburn, Washington. Oh, cool. Is that right outside of Seattle or? Yeah, yeah. It's actually maybe like 30, 35 minutes uh, from downtown Seattle. Yep. Cool. So that's going to be fun. Just doing a couple events, getting out of town. Leaving my baby dog here. Uh, someone's gonna watch her, so I get away a, a weekend away from the kid. So I'm excited, <laughs> things like that. But cool. not too much, you know. It's basic life. So yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember now. You're saying you were going out of town. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap this up and wrap it up. I hope you win big, Josh. Wrap it up. I'll play in your name, Kelly. If I win, I'll send you 10%. Got to pray for you. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, We will be linking up soon. You guys have a good night. Talk soon. Okay. Later.